Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com/fine. Visit IXL.com/fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com/fine. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Jolenta. It has been a week since we released our bored and brilliant episode of Buy the Book, and you know what that means, girl. It's time for our Buy the Book mini so The afterword. The epilogue. Let's do it. That's right. It's time for another Buy the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of Living by Bored and Brilliant by Manoush Zamarodi and reading through some of the great messages you, our listeners, sent in. But before we get to that, we'd be remiss not to talk about all the feedback we got on our new season two theme song, which is essentially the same as the season one song but with female vocalists. Oh my gosh, we got so much feedback, just a ton of it. And we had no idea that this would be such a big deal. Oh, totally. Uh, Eleanor on our Facebook community page wrote, Ladies, what happened to the theme tune? I heard it and I was like, no, I love the theme tune, dude. Theme tune, dude. We also love the theme tune, dude. (laughs) A lot of listeners agreed with her. However, we also got a ton of letters like this one from Susan. OMG, it was such a relief not to hear the rednecky men singing, but instead the lovely voices of women. I always fast forward through the old version. It was like fingers on a chalkboard. But for the people who enjoyed the old version, it must be like cilantro. Tastes like soap to some people like me, while other people love it. But I could not fathom how. It literally hurt my ears. Sorry, ladies, if those male singers were your friends. Oh, and speaking of vocalists, a lot of listeners have theories on who the singers are. Angelica says, I have a confession. I've realized that whenever I hear the original by the book theme tune, I assume it's Brad and Dean who wrote and sang it. 
please tell me I'm right, and that also Cameron is playing the banjo on the track. <laughs> so, Kristen, should we tell them who our vocalists are? Oh, yeah, they totally deserve credit. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. unfortunately, it is not me. It is not you. It's not Dean or Brad. Or Cameron. Or Cameron, sadly. It's not, but it is the wonderful Nate Wida, who is our composer and musician who did the original version. Mm-hmm. He sang it. He wrote it. He did it all. He's literally a one-man band. He, he did everything. And then the new version... He enlisted the help of vocalist McLean Peterson, and so we're just thrilled with both versions, actually. Mm -hmm. We love them both. We just wanted to switch things up for season two, just so there'd be, like, some sort of audio note in your ear saying, hey, you're listening to something new. So thanks to Nate and McLean, and uh, let's move on to some mail about Bored and Brilliant, shall we? Yeah. So a lot of you are trying the book's tips with both successes and failures. Michelle writes... This episode gave me some great tips for more meaningful phone use. I've already been challenging myself not to pick up my phone first thing in the morning, and now I'm deleting Reddit and starting the no phone in transit rule. I don't think I could ever give up Facebook. How do you guys find it so easy? Well, Jolenta, I know how you found it easy because your Instagram addiction is the real problem, not the well, Facebook. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's true. I don't care much about Facebook. I usually only use it on my desktop, not really my phone anyway. So, like, I try to be deliberate about, like, choosing to go on and not mindlessly, like, thumbing at the app when I'm bored. Yeah. I kept my Facebook addiction live and going, just doing it on a computer also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank goodness for computers. Yay. Uh, Rachel wrote us this funny email at buythebook at panoply.fm. She said... I really enjoyed this podcast. While I was listening, I deleted my Facebook and Twitter apps. But I enjoyed the podcast so much, I wanted to tweet about it. Then I realized, I can't. The (laughs) app is gone. Oh, well. So I'm emailing you instead. You ladies rock, but I kind of want those apps back now. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, for real. (laughs) Rachel, we understand your pain. And believe me, all the apps I deleted are very much back on my phone and very much in use. The only app that stayed off my phone is the Moment app, which I immediately deleted after this project. So upsetting. I hated that Moment app. I just hate anything that's monitoring me. I don't like being monitored. All right, so... Some other listeners aren't questioning how to do this. They're actually just succeeding at it, it sounds like. For example, Sarah writes, I deleted Facebook in the middle of October. Wow. Middle of October. Oh, that's that's so long ago. That's forever ago. Do you still exist? (laughs) I've been listening to Manoush Zamarodi's Note to Self for a long time, but had never pulled the plug. Then I realized that I was getting super anxious because of this one Facebook group I was in. So I left the group and deleted the app. I actually just downloaded the Facebook app on my phone again on Friday to post my daughter's birthday photo, but I still haven't done it. <laughs> Whoa. How are, I do not know how people have that kind of restraint. I just think it's not in me constitutionally. Sarah totally has it down. She Yo. knows how to do it. Sarah, She's got you should, her life under control. She needs to write me a self-help yeah, book you about should write like, a moderation. Book. Absolutely. <laughs> do it. Do it, Sarah. All right. We're going to have more listener mail in just a moment, but first, a little break. Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. 
To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. All right, let's get back to our bored and brilliant mailbag here. So we got a lot of mail about the actual brilliant part of the challenge. We've been hearing from folks who had some thoughts on you being brilliant and me being brilliant. It's true. Katie wrote, Kristen, I think your solution for connecting with family and friends in a meaningful way by texting them just one sentence is beyond brilliant. Brilliant! Not only is it so doable to do this, but it is an awesome happiness boost for all parties involved. I'm like you in that I think about the people I love a lot more than I let them know. And this makes me feel really guilty. Varying schedules and commitments make it difficult to have a phone call, much less meet up in person. Your solution reminded me of something Gretchen says. Uh, I'm assuming Gretchen Rubin, oh, friend, of, friend of the podcast. Yes, friend of the show. Host of Happier. Uh, Gretchen says, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Then Katie continues, while I may want to have an hour-long phone call with someone I love, it's not always possible. What is possible is texting people a simple sentence to let them know you're thinking about them. And like you said, one sentence can lead to another, and then a conversation gets going. I love this podcast. I always get something out of it. Thank you. Oh, that is Aww. so sweet. I love that. Look Thank at you, you so much. Kristen, beyond brilliant. Oh, my by God. By thinking of texting people. <laughs> wow, by using technology. Oh, oh, double-edged sword. Oh, God. By the way, absolutely love this email from Flora. Flora wrote us to say, it was funny when Kristen spoke about animals wearing clothes during the review of Bored and Brilliant. Here is a kid's book my parents read to me when I was small, suggesting what would happen if animals actually wore clothes. It's called Animals Should Definitely Not Wear Clothes by Judy and Ron Barrett. Flora, this book is I so can't. cute, I just can't Well, I have it. an issue with the Barretts saying that animals should definitely not wear clothing. I take every opportunity to put animals in clothing that I can. Well, the cover animal, just so you know, mm-hmm. is a porcupine. That's no. hard, you know. Like, well, they can probably wear shoes. You can wear a scarf, yeah, like a hat true. or sunglasses. Oh, definitely sunglasses. Come on. Oh, like, my gosh. I already proved their theory wrong. Yes. <laughs> You're wrong, Barrett. You're so It's true. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to everyone who assured me my own brilliant revelation was indeed brilliant. Uh, Reminder, my revelation was that I'm not going to worry about whether or not to have kids at this moment in time. Meg wrote, I had my first baby at 36, second at 40. No regrets about being an older mom. You'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Meg. Actually, also, my aunt texted me. I totally forgot she is a woman who has not had kids yet. She's around my dad's age, a little younger. And she said, yeah, do your own thing and stay proud. And I was like, oh, my God, like, my family is reaching out to me because of this random thing I meditated on. Like, that's insane. Yay. I love that. I love that. And let's face it, in Brooklyn, where we live, I feel like... Isn't everybody 45 with a baby? I hope so, because that's where I'm headed. There's time. Yay. There's time. (laughs) All right. Finally, let's end with a little note about my workaholism. Mm -hmm. Kelly had this to say about it. I think the instinct to reply quickly to work emails is more that you're probably an obliger than a workaholic, Kristen. And uh, Jolenta, you replied that I'm both. That was on our Facebook community Uh page. Yeah. This letter is referring to Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, which is a great book. And as you know, Kristen is the producer of Gretchen's show Happier. There's a pretty sizable crossover with our listeners. And a number of you have asked over the past year if Kristen and I would do a deep dive into our tendencies with Gretchen. And... We have an announcement to make. 
Surprise! Yes! Yes, yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the episode of Happier that just dropped yesterday features, features both of us talking about which of the four tendencies we are. So, yeah, check that out. I, I'm guessing that some of you probably already are making predictions about mm-hmm, what our tendencies mm-hmm. are. Yeah, And I just, I would say that I think Dean and I would agree that Kristen is definitely a workaholic. It goes beyond <laughs> obliger into just Kristen living for her work. Dean has no idea because Dean's also a workaholic. Like the two of us come home after work and then the first thing we do is we sit down and we work. We just Cute. I know. It's such a sexy life we <laughs> yeah. have. We're so sexy. Sometimes you work working. over frozen drinks, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Good, 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 good. Absolutely. Yeah. So listen to that episode of Happier with Gretchen Rubin and definitely check out her book, The Four Tendencies, which is her, you know, personality framework about mm-hmm. what people are and how that actualizes itself in how we work. Mm-hmm. And how you deal with obligations. Absolutely. That's the way to put it. Right. Yes. Oh, while we're talking about things to check out, Kristen, I think oh, we have another yes. announcement. Yes, yes, yes. We have such an exciting announcement. You know, the New York Times Podcast Club, which is a huge club with uh, tons of thousands of members. Mm-hmm. They it's, very... a, it's a Facebook group. Yes. For those of you who don't know about it, you should find it and join. They listen to a different podcast every week and talk about it. One time a show of ours was featured. It's yes. very exciting. It's so fun. They're like a book club, only it's a podcast club. And it's so easy because you just listen to a podcast and talk about it with everybody there. But they're wonderful. And they've actually asked us to headline an event in New York City on Monday, December 18th, at 7 p.m. That event is going to be at WNYC's Green Space at 44 Charlton Street, doing a deep dive into one of our most popular episodes from season one, French Women Don't Get Fat. So join us on December 18th at 7 p.m. for the New York Times Podcast Club in real life. There will be cocktails, a confession booth, and behind-the-scenes details we've never revealed about that episode. We'll have a link to the tickets in our show notes. And now, you know what time it is. Oh my gosh, it's another announcement. Ah, it's the so many announcement. announcements. So many announcements. It is time to announce our next book. Bum, ba-dum, bum, ba. Our next book is The Little Book of Hugga by Mike Viking. Will we learn to keep the Christmas feeling in our hearts year-round? I hope so. Even though we're American, (laughs) will we be able to indulge in the Danish art of being cozy? Absolutely. Will we ever be able to pronounce Huga correctly? Probably not. Well, we'll see if we can do that. (laughs) Join us next week to find out. Thank you again to everyone who reached out. Reminder, you can reach us at 505-510-BOOK. You can email us at buythebook at panoply.fm. And join our Facebook community where you can talk with other listeners and share stories of following self-help books in your own lives. Thanks, as always, to our producer, the incredibly brilliant Cameron Drews, to our managing producer, Mia Lobel, and to Andy Bowers at Panoply. Special thanks also to Nate Wyda as per usual for composing our music. Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Will we ever be able to pronounce Huga correctly? Probably not. Yes, yes. Well, we'll see if we can do that. (laughs) Join Join us us next next week week to find out. (laughs) Should we have? Should we retake that camera? You like that? (laughs) Tito's handmade vodka had been mixed with its fair share of cocktails, but one night, a chilled glass topped with lime and cranberry would change everything this bottle knew about happy hour. 
From the producers of America's Favorite Vodka, it turns out the cocktail you've been waiting for was right there the whole time. The Tito's Rom Cosmo. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll sip with Tito's. Coming to cocktail parties near you at titosvodka.com. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly.